Yeah. Look, I'm just one of those people that has nothing to say but can't stop talking, so I'm not sure what that means. (laughs) Welcome to From Fear Into Action, where we have evolutionary conversations with conscious entrepreneurs. Sometimes all you need are the right tips at the right time with a little mindset magic, which is exactly what you are about to get. Now, here are your hosts, Julian Knoll and Heather Porter. Hello, Shinepreneurs. I just have one question for you. Are you feeling shiny? <laughs> Welcome back to the amazing From Fear to Action. We are so grateful, so happy, and so blessed that you're hanging out with us. And we have yet again another incredible guest. I feel like Jules' little black book of guests is just absolutely bottomless. So, Julian, who, who are we bringing on in this one? Oh, it's a real treat. It's kind of like in any conversation, I always think Yutka Freeman is dessert. She's sweet. She's rich. She's incredibly tasty. And it's a taste that lingers long after the meal. And um, she's a woman of incredible depth, uh, wisdom and insight. And um, I think for the entrepreneurial journey, especially those of us who are looking to have a more soulful journey and express what's deeply within us, uh, in, you know, into the world through our work, through our products and services, um, conversations with Yutka and her wisdom, I think, are absolutely irreplaceable. She uh, enables us to go into the deep, quiet places inside us to find what is deeply true for us takes us beyond the illusion it takes us beyond the fantasy and so much of what we become steeped in 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 this world of personal development which i'm sorry i think is mostly founded on fantasy so yutta is all about getting real and getting authentic in business yeah and you know what i have to to raise that up a little bit more where you're saying it's founded on fantasy i i look i think and I've said this for, for quite a while because my background was working in the personal development industry. I think personal development can be quite poisonous to people if they don't take it the right way. Um, you know, so, and, and I know a conversation with Yuka goes into this more, but like, you know, some of the points we were talking about were, you know, if you don't have a purpose, something is wrong with you. <laughs> and, and like sort of that, that drive that can happen from the industry and, and just where it's like, hey, here's your 10-point plan. You know, you have to stick to the plan and be a success and millionaire mindset and drive the fancy car and have the big house. And, and what if that really, really deep down inside is not who you're meant to be? You know, I think this, I know this conversation is actually going to help you feel okay that maybe that it's okay to not want all those things and instead to just connect with who you are and actually give yourself permission and actually give yourself some steps to to do that, you know. So, and on a more of a, I guess, professional note, you guys have to hear what this woman is made out of. She's amazing. So she's a psychotherapist. She's and a group facilitator. She has a degree in psychology and anthropology. She is a supervisor and trainer with the Institute of Group Leaders. She is an internationally certified Enneagram t- uh, trainer, and she'll actually talk a little bit about what that is later. She's actually, I think she said one of the, or if not the only one in Australia, um, certified trainer in that. She She's just been doing this stuff since the mid 80s. I mean, she has every type of modality and way of coaching and training under her belt. I mean, this is a list that reads like, uh, you know, textbook of, of what she does. She has, um, you know, child work. She has bereavement counseling. She's, she's unbelievable, Julian. You know what I mean? Like, 
Like we we were sitting there at the end of our, our conversation. We'll introduce her to you in a second. And I was just saying she's like a poet. I mean, there there's there's so many moments when we had big long pauses to just absorb what she was saying. I couldn't have said it better than that. And I think the thing that I find is she's an incredibly endearing human being. She's so easy to listen to. And you're right. She's a poet. She is. So without further ado, what we want to do is bring Yutka on. So welcome to the show. Let's begin. Gosh, it feels like a really rich territory that we're going to explore today. And part of, I guess, what we're going to be exploring is the underbelly of the uh, of the entrepreneur, the hidden journey, the thing that motivates us, that takes us down all sorts of rabbit warrens and rabbit holes and blind alleys. And how do we, when we find ourselves in a blind alley, how do we return back to that central highway and for me the central highway is about purpose it's about our deeper purpose our higher purpose the soulful purpose that nurtures and nourishes us on this journey of entrepreneurship yeah so so heather um correct me if i'm wrong but i feel you might have a question in there for you Look, guys, as listeners, I know by now you know that we have conversations with our beautiful guests before we jump on with you guys. And there's something that I wrote down, Yudko, when we were talking or what you were saying. And I hope I didn't butcher this, but I wrote down, don't confuse your gifts with your identity. And I would love for you to define that and explain that a little bit more. Um, Great question. Thank you. Well, so I think we all have gifts and from the get-go, from little, little, tiny, tiny people. uh, Some of us are are quick, some of us are slow, some of us, you know, are deeply sensitive to our environment, others are more rough and tumble. And we have these beautiful gifts and we want to harness them. So it's not like we want to be like everybody else. We want to be able to take the gifts that we have and really kind of milk them and grow into them and expand them. And what happens is that we develop a structure called the ego. And thank goodness we do because we have to survive on this planet with our ego. And I always say to people, if you were looking for where the perfect people are, that's not this planet. That's another planet. This is where the imperfect people are, but the absolutely good enough people. And our ego is desperately trying to make us good enough, safe enough, you know, to to make it secure enough for us to survive. So that's great. We don't want to we don't want to get rid of it. But what it does is that it forms a shell around our essential nature, and. So what happens then is, and particularly now, is that we start to develop a whole lot of messages about who we ought to be. And then we start to develop an identity. And the identity is not so much based on our inherent gifts and making the most of those, but they're based on a whole lot of external factors that are telling us the right way to go about life and, you know, who we should be. And so we develop an identity by virtue of comparison to these 
icons that we have. Uh, and But all of that is is pretty much driven by the ego rather than our essential nature. So we build a kind of fortress around our essential nature in order to survive our environment. Some of us have to build a very thick fortress, others pretty thin because things, particularly when we were young, were fine or we've done a lot of personal work and maybe those that shell isn't as thick. But whatever it is, it is a shell and it is protective and we need to deeply respect that, but we don't need to buy in. Hmm. So the, the direction that the ego wants us to go in is purely for survival. But there is, a, there is another drive that is deeper and let's call it our soul drive or our essential drive. You can call it whatever you like, but it is always knocking on the door and it knocks in strange ways. So it is trying to have you self-actualize to develop this essential nature with its gifts. But if we're not listening to it, then the essential nature with its gifts and this sort of egoic structure with its, um, with its drive to succeed can get very far apart. How would somebody listen? Because you're saying if we're not listening to it, how could somebody tune in and listen more? You know, it happens in strange ways. Sometimes it's really clear. Uh, we try and we try and we effort and we burn out and we take time out. Sometimes we get sick. Sometimes we lose our relationship. Sometimes we lose our money. There's a whole lot of ways in which we are brought to our knees and You'll hear people say again and again, you know, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. And the, the reason it was the best thing that happened to them often is because it cracked the shell of their structure and allowed the essential nature to come forward. But sometimes it's more subtle. Sometimes we're not even that far from what it is that our essential nature really wants us to potentialize. Sometimes we just find ourselves increasingly procrastinating or uh, forgetting, forgetting to do the bleeding obvious or repeating stuff that we know doesn't work. So it can be really, really subtle or driving our coach insane by forgetting things or just not showing up or, you know, all that are really subtle messages from the essential nature. And you can call it the soul if you like, um, saying, hello, uh, I'm not doing that. So this resistance is a messenger from the soul that we need to get really curious around, not override. You know, like it's, it's a little like uh, I'm going to stick to this diet no matter what. And we all know that, a, that any diet has a use-by date, right? We all get sick of it or we forget it or whatever. Uh, but the essential nature is saying, can we change our relationship to food? Can we change our relationship to the sensation of emptiness itself? Now, that is a big, deep inquiry. It's a, it's a brave heart inquiry, but it will keep knocking because just like flowers turn toward the sun, we will always turn toward actualize, actualizing our potential. And isn't that, isn't that wonderful? I think that's great. It never gives up on us. That's really interesting what you're saying because 
from an entrepreneurial uh, perspective, uh, you know, uh, losing your money, losing your business, falling out with your business partner, a lot of people put that under the heading of failure. And with failure comes the sense of shame. And then people kind of come back from that moment uh, or that experience and they, they, they throw themselves back into the fray and can repeat that two or three times. And I know that some of the people who are currently listening, that's part of the reality they're living in. So what would you say um, to someone who's really like got their nose right up against um, an experience like that? I would say that your soul is trying really, really, really hard to give you a message. And I'm not saying that, see, what, what also happens when we lose a job or fall out with a partner or, you know, often we get reactive around that. And then what we focus on is the manner in which that occurred rather than the fact that it occurred. So then we think, okay, all I need to do is sharpen my skills, get rid of my reactivity, and that won't happen again. And then it does. And then we sharpen our skills even more, and then we still do it. So it's not, we are not looking at improving your skill set, nor are we looking at improving your motivation. What we're looking at is doing some deep inquiry into what is trying to herald you back to your soul's actualization. And I'm, I'm even loath to use the word purpose, even though I think it's a beautiful word, but it's become so aligned somehow with this efforting motivational rah-rah that people feel like they're a complete failure if they haven't got their purpose completely clear with their 10-point plan. It's like have you asked who is designing your 10-point plan? Who who inside you is saying that this is your purpose? What is it in you uh, that's fueling this? And what do you think you're going to get at the end of this? They're the, they're the inquiry questions. And we need to make the distinction, I think, between the structure that is really, really not not the best of who we are uh, and your essential nature, which is really your core truth. And so can we become more interested and more curious about what's true than what is successful? Wow. What opens up for me when I listen to that is that this level of inquiry really is really touches on or draws upon and draws out that which is sacred yes yes yeah because we don't want to live from the least of who we are we're much more than that you know i think we live much longer lives not just to eat up the planet's resources but actually to to grow into consciousness in ways we could never have imagined before and that takes a bit of work. But the people that are able to rest in the ground of their consciousness in a, in, in a sort of ever-flowering way are the ones that are going to grow. And, I, and that's your purpose, actually, to just get more conscious. And your purpose arises from that place. It doesn't arise from the small mind and planning and strategizing. That comes online much later. There is something called guidance. We all get that. We all know that. 
and allow that to inform you, us, me, all of us. And then right at the end, we get into the minutiae, but we do it a little bit back to front. Mm-hmm. It's really about about presence, isn't it? Just being in the moment to take the signals that come in. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, presence is something that we cultivate. Mm. We, you know, we, we've kind of lost our way with it. Uh, presence is not a relaxation exercise. We need to go through a bit of a relaxation to get to presence. But presence is fundamentally being open, expanded and broadened back into all of who we are. And that includes our essential nature and that includes our egoic striving and to be present is not to have preferences at that at that level right uh, preferences and uh, you know come online when we're trying to have an identity when we're trying to brand ourselves when we're trying to make a point of difference uh, and and so you know we're we're kind of juggling what's already there and trying to be unique and different and, you know, a bit special somehow, stand out somehow. And then all we do is get homesick for the place of no separation where we are actually one. So we all say, yeah, we're all one and we're all present. And then we spend 80% of our lives separating. <laughs> you make that sound wrong. <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's fine, but it's lonely. It's lonely. You know, there are other ways of doing this. We talk about collaboration and inclusion and all of that as though we have to effort into it. No, when we get to presence, that's already there. It's getting stuff out of the way. Mm. It's almost like we're, we're like those infants that learn to grab for things. We don't have to grab. We have to stay present and awake and see what's in the way with mindfulness and kindfulness and that then helps it dissolve and make it sound so easy it's not that easy but that does help it dissolve and then you know all that other stuff that we effort into uh, and say we have to remember no we don't have to remember we have to get the things that are in the way out of the way and it will just move through it's available but it takes a bit of inquiry You often talk, Yudka, about people doing the real work that, you know, um, having been around a lot of personal growth and spiritual development and then entrepreneurial development and business development and a lot of the principles that are employed in a lot of the kind of personal growth uh, industry, I often question whether they're really letting people know the truth of the real work. What do you see is the real work that's required? You know, I'm really glad you bring that up because I do have a lot of supervisees who are coaches and they're very fine coaches. And, you know, they often lament that their clients are not motivated or they're motivated for a little bit, but then they don't do the work. And, you know, then they kind of, they've, you know, they kind of come back with the same issues, you know, different wrapping paper, same package, that kind of thing. And what are, what are they going to do with this? And then eventually they send them to me to do some counselling or therapy or whatever. And um, 
So they're frustrated too. And in fact, one of my one of my supervisees said, "Look, I'm not going to do this uh, coaching, executive coaching anymore, unless I have a really substantial personal growth program that my clients can attend. Because we're not really getting to the stuff, which is what I think you're asking me. So, what is the stuff? So, the true work is um, to disidentify with who you take yourself to be. Wow. And I think. In our culture, there is just no end to the amount of money we throw at things like branding and identity and social media and having a presence and a whole lot of other names that I'm sure I don't know and you know. And all of that is fine later, later, you know. But but first, I have to work from the base of my own truth, right? And uh, so how do I know that? How do I get to know that truth? And it's not an easy path and it's not hugely comfortable. And, you know, I can go into some shame if I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of colleagues and go, oh, that's my structure, not me. Oh, wow. Because I feel like I've been overexposed. And I think this is part of the problem in the corporate world is that we're all buying into this um, regimented fantasy of who we have to be, how we have to show up. And uh, and we've forgotten that actually the safest people in the room are the ones that are real. And that doesn't mean we're all sobbing, um, but it does mean that there's a particular level of vulnerability we are prepared to go to with regard to ourself and the other. And uh, it's not empathy skill. It's really uh, a place in ourselves that we can access. And so the real work, I think, is to know the ways that I get in my own way of that. Mm. What are the veils to my truth? And we all have different veils. We are complex human beings and we need a complex system that can address our complexity, not one that is mind-numbingly complex, but certainly one that is sophisticated enough um, to do us justice. So, you know, this is where I use the Enneagram because it's, you know, the most um, complex and easy system I know that can access my reactivity and the cluster or the design of my structure and what is my essential nature behind that. Because that's where I want to live from. That's what I want to be informed by. And that to me is the work. So if somebody is, they feel like they're in their own way, they're not able to get present, they're going through a stressful time and they feel lost, what would be a step or an exercise or a resource that they could do to start to find their way back? Look, I think, you know, first of all, to identify how many times before this has happened, it it might be a variation on a theme, but, you know, we read the book, 50% of the stuff is sorted. We go to some great workshops or have a great coach, 80% of the stuff is online. But often there is 20, maybe 15 if we've done a lot of work, maybe 10 if we've done an enormous amount of work, of 10% of stuff that is our Achilles heel. And it's our work, our life work. And to get to that stuff requires a little bit more inquiry, 
in a very supportive environment. But that's the stuff that's going to trip us up again and again. And that's the stuff that we're going to beat ourselves up because we know, but we haven't, we haven't been able to dissolve. And that's the issue. Knowing it is a first step and it's a great step. And it's a very humble step, you know, and to be humble is to be human. However, to dissolve it requires a little bit more. So I often say, um, understand the design of the lock on your prism. Because the 10% of the patterns that are pervasive, that trip you up every time, are your prism. Now, they might have been a fortress once that you had to build. Excellent. But now they've become a prison and you want to know the design on that lock to set yourself free. Hmm. Where do we go from here, Jules? <laughs> Man, I am just, I am out there. I am, I am out there. It's like your words are like, setting me free i feel so filled with poetry listening to you and, and my soul just is singing and something so deep inside me feels um heard you know like the soul this my soul calls to be in that place my soul calls to transcend you know this this structure and i love the way you've given these things names um, that there's a structure. It's it's egoic. It it's my it's my pri- you know it, it was my fortress. Now it's my prison. And the whole process of self-actualizing is really what calls me profoundly uh, into it, into action, into true and deep action. And that the battleground, if you like, for me is is in business. It's in entrepreneurship, and it's in actualizing through business. Um, and it doesn't matter what, I guess, the playing field is, the principles of actualization are the same where there are these profound questions and there's this inquiry that we need to go into with a, a curious frame of mind, not this relentless hammering and bashing to destroy the ego, but to, as you said, understand the design of the lock. It's um, you, you really present some uh, these ideas so beautifully and um seductively and my soul just sort of is applauding you so yeah i really want to i really want to thank you for that because because there's so much depth uh in what you're saying um and it's obviously an ocean of knowledge that you swim in so effortlessly Mm. and uh i want you i want to thank you for inviting us in for a dip into that beautiful ocean today how about you, Heather? What's alive for you at the moment? It's one phrase that just kept jumping out to me, and that, that was that if you don't have a purpose, something is wrong with you. And that speaks so much to me because I remember when I went through my own little identity crisis when I left you know, working in the events industry where I literally stayed in bed for a month because I felt like I don't have a purpose. I don't have an identity. Something's wrong with me. So when you said that... That, that that is this thing that so many of us carry around and then flipped it around completely to the other side. It really opened a lot in my mind and kind of I was reflecting a lot of memories. So this discussion has been amazing. And I think that just that statement for a lot of us, 
that are trying to work out why we're here. We're, we're pushing too hard rather than taking that step back and actually listening. And so thank you for sharing that as well. I really appreciate that. Yeah, that that's beautiful, that example, because I think that uh, when we go through an identity crisis, it's a celebration. It is a triumph of the soul. It is a peeling back. It's almost as though something got out of the way and we're so busy trying to recreate the identity that we're not actually allowing ourselves to be nourished by what's emerging um, inside of us uh, as as a longing. I mean, a lot of people, and I think you were talking about this a minute ago, um, Julian, is your soul has a longing and the longing is a beautiful thing. We don't need to have an urgency with it and we don't need to put, you know, we don't need to sort of superimpose an idea. The longing is the soul's calling for connectedness and it's it greases the path. So longing is a great thing, but let's not long to get back into an identity, mm. right? We... Um, you know, longing in and of itself is already a movement. Mm. Beautiful. I would like to know, and I'm sure many others would like to know, where they can hang out with you more. Where can we, you know, learn more about you? Do you have websites or, or events or tell us more? Yes, well, you can go to my website, um, which uh, is um, yutkafreeman.com. AU. And uh, what do I do? I run a lot of different programs for women that are on there. And I teach Enneagram, which is the core that informs my thinking and feeling. And, um, and a lot of what we've talked about today is drawn from that particular system. Uh, so yeah, I guess my website will give me a call. We'll talk. <laughs> so uh Yutka, i want to thank you so much uh for today and i'm sure we will be um um bringing your special uh and unique brand of wisdom and insight uh back to the shine community again and so uh, i cannot wait for what form that may take but thank you so much for sharing yourself so generously and thank you for the deep work that you have done on yourself over these many years and that uh, that is really very deeply appreciated by myself and the others who have been listening today thank you so much thank you thank, thank you jules thank you guys thank you. and thanks julian for hooking me up with this amazing woman this has been an amazing conversation <laughs> <laughs> and thank you lovely listeners for tuning in wherever you are in the world we we'd love having you here with us um, and until next time we'll be speaking with you soon Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in once again. And I just wanted to ask Julian a couple of quick questions because I know that some of you will be feeling like you might want to have a conversation about this episode or that might have brought some things up for you that you just want to, you know, sort of surround yourself with other shinepreneurs and other people that are like you and on that path that you're going on. So we do have a Facebook page. And Julian, I just wanted to know a little bit more about the amazing things that you post on it to give people an idea of the community that, you know, you're you're building what give me an example like what would be a post that you put up there 
Well, it's a combination really around uh, inspiration, things that bring people back to their heart, and then also examples of people who are doing um, extraordinary things out in the world, entrepreneurial, social social entrepreneurial, uh, how people are shifting and changing media, who are some of the uh, influencers that, you know, mostly people would never have heard of, but they're out there, the real kind of grit and gristle of the transformation and the sort of they're playing a role in this emerging new paradigm about business as a change agent in the world. You guys definitely have to come in and hang out and join us over there. So again, it's just Facebook. It's a Facebook page. So it's Shine Online Community. That's the actual URL. If you just um, search for Shine and it's our nice, happy little um, sunshine circle logo with the word Shine scripted in the middle of that. That's what you're looking for. So definitely come on over there and by all means, come and join us on Shine global.com.au because that's where you can sign up for a couple of really cool little freebies that are over there uh, and join our email list so you can get invites to um, you know cool events that we have coming up learn more about our memberships and also never miss a beat when it comes to the podcast because we know you don't want to miss any of these do you guys <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well thanks again for tuning in and um, Julian thank you for bringing your amazing network to, to me and to everybody that's listening I've had a, an amazing time with, with Yudka you once again so thank you oh my great pleasure thank you and thank you listeners it's great to have you on board <laughs> <laughs>